0: Hi, I'm Marika, and welcome to Money Chillouts. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often spoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading flows in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest, and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired, and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindsets, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. And when you're ready to go further in mastering your finances, come and work with me on a one-to-one coaching. You'll grow your awareness, move on with your projects, and have an accountability buddy to track your progress. Today, I'm pleased to welcome Pierre-Henri, a French Londoner who stepped in to support his wife's career. Pretty refreshing to see it happen this way round too, and even though he was solely in charge for a few months, we'll speak about his discoveries trying to balance full-time job and his daughter. Being made redundant during the pandemic, he took it as an opportunity and, with his wife's support, decided to change path. He's now a freelancer two days a week, works on a side project to empower men at birth, and looks after his children the rest of the time. He will share his views of society, how dads and husbands are meant to be, and explain his vision of feminism. So, hi, Piaget, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm very good, and you? Yeah?
0: Yeah, great. I'm uh, so happy to have you on this podcast. So thanks so much for your time. I'm very interested into today's subject, which is balancing your couple's aspiration and your career. It's often a woman's field. So I'm very keen to have your views on it and how society makes it work. So I'm sure it will talk to a lot of people. So let's go. You have a, a very successful wife. So what does it do to you? And, and do you know a lot of people in the same situation?
1: So what does it do? I'm very proud. I know it's, uh, it can be hard. Like I have a, my sister was very successful and she had a husband who he didn't, he didn't really show it, but he was very jealous. So it can be hard for some men to be proud of their successful wife, but I am. So yeah, when she started, she really had to take hard decisions to get where she is now. For example, she was working for a company where she was very well paid. And she decided to stop and to become an entrepreneur. So for a few months, she had to rely only on her savings. And she didn't have any idea of what she wanted to do as a business, who she would work with. She tried to partner with some people, but it didn't work out. So she really took the hard decision and not knowing where she would go. So I'm very proud because since she found the idea she managed to get everything in order very quickly so she found the perfect co-founder she raised money twice the second time she raised money she was actually about to give birth like she was on the phone with a with an investor just before like the day of giving birth it's really impressive (laughs) and then yeah she managed to sell her company to twitter so she had a really really successful journey Mm
0: -hmm. especially because she created her own path it's not as if like you're an employee and you're good and then you grow it's actually you make as you said like the tough decisions and you create your own thing and then it ends up working but with a lot of work i imagine
1: yeah. Is society ready for it? I'm not sure, but I think it's trying. So I think we see more and more companies raise women's profiles, like trying to get some women CEOs, women in, in uh, VCs, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the journey is still very long.
0: Yeah, yeah. 100%. And earning less than her, like do you receive any unsolicited or unpleasant comments about it?
1: No, I have never received any unpleasant comments.
0: That is cool, actually, because I've already asked the question to another person on on this podcast and he said, yeah, all the time. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) So that's pretty an improvement.
1: Yeah, I think our friends and family they see how crucial my role was when it came to helping her being successful because she didn't. Even though she like I don't take any credit for her success, she did everything by herself. But I did help her with all the admin tasks, taking care of the kids, etc. So I think because of that, people see that I've been a part in in our success. Um, So I think that's why they're not giving so many unpleasant comments. But when when it comes to new people that we meet, people who don't know what we've been going through together, I don't receive unpleasant comments, but I definitely see that these people are much more interested in her than in me. So they don't really care about what was my role in her success. And even though it's not directly unpleasant comments, it's still not very nice to hear. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah, And especially, as you said, like it's always a team's work and you can't do anything by your own. So yeah. And in your corpus, who manages all the money, the budget, the investments?
1: So that really depends. It's really based on who is good where. So when it comes to investing in startups, we've invested in, in quite a few startups now. My wife takes the lead. Mm-hmm. Because she's much more connected than me because since she was a CEO and she was successful she managed to to speak to, to many different uh, founders. And she knows loads of VCs now, like all the influential people in France and in the in the world. So um, she will be the one who receives the decks from the startups, and she will decide if these startups are worth investing into. Mm-hmm. Um, she will always ask for my feedback too, because we are more a numbers guy. She's really good at at feeling and seeing the future, like, can this company uh, have your future? So I think we're we'll good together in that. She she will always be the lead on that. But then when it comes to investing in stocks, I'm usually more of the lead because I took a bit of time off to read some books so I could understand all the basics, and then I could feed that back to her and tell her, yeah, we should invest in this stock or this stock.
0: Ah, so you do stock picking. That's great. Oh, what's kind of your portfolio?
1: I invest a lot in Europe and in the US for the stocks that are a bit more secure. So S&P 500, um, like all these kind of big stocks, um, because I know that these ones are always reliable. Uh, But I always invest 20-30% in emerging markets, which are more dangerous, Mm -hmm. but um, they are the ones who can bring you more money. So (laughs) I try to balance risky stocks and not risky stocks.
0: So let's go to the... The aspect of balancing your career so few years back you have a baby girl and you're working for a startup in digital marketing at the same time your wife created a company and money-wise you were earning more as your wife is investing basically all she earned back into a business correct
1: yes that's correct she had a small salary but she really wanted to her company to be successful so she decided to pay herself a very low salary. Mm-hmm. This was to make sure that the company would last longer for sure. But also it's a positive sign when you speak to new investors. So when you're trying to raise money again, if they see that you have a huge salary, they will never invest in you. Uh, but if you have a small one, they'll be like, okay, these guys are really putting all their effort into the company. So yeah, I was the one who was earning the most and therefore I was the one who paid the largest part of the rent and and the food and all the other small stuff.
0: Expenses, yeah. And in order to go to the next level for her business, so she joined an accelerator program in the US and she has to be there for three months to meet investors and, and so on and so forth. So what were your first reactions knowing that it would imply you to step in and be kind of a single dad in charge
1: when she told me her plan, of course, I was a little worried. <laughs> I started to think, wow, uh, so is work going to be okay with the, the fact that I need to leave every day early? So, 5 p.m., I need to go home. And also, it will be me and my daughter every day. <laughs> so, how will I cope mentally? Because I will be on my own every night to take care of her without any. I your discussions, <laughs> so yeah, it was at the beginning. I was definitely worried, but then I was like, "It's just three months." Also, I didn't want to be the person who would prevent my wife from succeeding, and also she agreed to come back at least every two weeks for a few days. So at the end of the day, even though I knew it would be hard, and I was a bit worried at the beginning, I knew it would be the best decision.
0: Yeah, as you said again for you yeah yeah, you want the best for your wife definitely but still it impacts your life so it's good to make the decision knowing what it would imply so can you tell us a bit more what you realized or discovered trying to balance a full-time job and your daughter
1: yeah what you realize i think one of the things is that you need to have a very comprehensive boss to make it work you have to be very efficient at work as well so to make sure that all your work is completed have good sleep as well because Taking care of a child alone is quite tiring too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like And yeah, as I said, you have to be very strong mentally because being alone every morning and night can be quite depressing.
0: And what is the hardest thing in this period? And how is society making work for single parents?
1: So, yeah, I think the hardest thing for me was definitely to lose contact with society apart from work. So socially, it was really hard. And back then, because my wife didn't pay herself a high salary, we didn't have much money either. So I couldn't take a babysitter and go outside very often. For me, it was definitely the hardest thing was to just be on my own every day and night with my daughter. Even though I love her, you need to have adult conversations sometimes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but it's actually really good to put yourself into other people's shoes. It has also impacted your ability to find another job because, as you said, you were not particularly happy. But, of course, with your daughters and having a full-time job, you did not necessarily have the time or energy left to search. So how did it feel to be kind of stuck?
1: So I was working for a startup that was owned by a bank, and this startup acquired the startup I was working for a few months before. So I didn't choose to work for this company and my role was not very interesting either. So um, I really didn't like to work for this company, but I knew that it wouldn't last forever, only three months. So I had to wait for my wife to come back so that I could have a little bit of time for myself to apply for companies, to go for interviews. So anyway, it would be just three months. So I was I still had hope and I actually found a job straight after my wife came back. So at the end of the day it was not so bad.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> So let's talk now about different aspirations. So in April 2020, and with the pandemic, you got made redundant because you were working for a startup and they managed to raise fewer funds than expected. So they had to let you go. So you're trying to find another job, but of course, it's the worst timing. So your wife actually pushed you not to follow the traditional carry pass. And instead, you became a freelancer. So you do that two days a week, Uh, you spend another two days working on a side activity and you keep one day for your daughters or any administrative works. So why did you need your wife's encouragement?
1: Because even though I think that I'm quite open with the fact that uh, my wife earns more, I think I'm more open than most people. Working two days a week would mean that the salary difference would be pretty big and that would mean that our family would mainly rely on her to pay the rent and live and even though I'm quite open this is still something you you don't see much in today's society so i did feel a, a bit ashamed to not earn a lot and even though i really think that that side project can be can work really well and can can be huge i was still applying for full time jobs even though i was working on my side project i was applying for full time jobs as well Because I was really struggling with the fact that my wife would pay more for most things. And even though I was applying for jobs, I never found the perfect job that I was looking for. So yeah, after a few months, my wife told me, stop applying for a job and just do your stuff. Dedicate your whole two days into your new project. I shouldn't care about money right now. If I really need to go big or go home like you go big you just to put all your efforts into your project launch it as soon as possible and then if it doesn't work in six months then you can apply for a job again and when i will be applying for a job if it doesn't work i can always sell that the fact that i launched my business and i learned so many things and now it didn't work out but i'm looking for a job so it will be definitely Added value.
0: So how do you like this new rhythm? Because I guess there's a lot of people who dream about it, but not so many people make the move because it can be a bit scary. As you said, you still need a bit of money and so on. So how does it feel? And what can you afford with your part-time freelancer job, especially in a city, which is super expensive like London?
1: Yeah. So as I said, it took me a while to accept it, but now I really love it. So I can now spend more time to do my fitness. So I can spend a bit more time with my children too. So like whenever I want, I can see, I can go and see them. If there are any issues, like my daughter was at the hospital a few weeks ago, unfortunately I can spend a bit of time with her. Like I can be with her on the other side. Of course, my relationship with money has changed. So before I, I was living with a comfortable salary, so I could go to very expensive gyms. Now I have to be more careful. So I, for, for example, with that, I use an app, which is about 10% of the cost I used to spend. But I still want to do my two days a week as a freelancer because all the activities and all the nights out, I want to use my own money for that. I don't want to use my wife's money because I think this would be an issue for me. So yeah, I watch out. I try to make sure I don't spend too much money on the least important things, but I still try to live my life.
0: That's good. Yeah. Aligning your spending to exactly to where you would really want to spend and increase your happiness. That's good. And so how are your expenses now split between the two of you?
1: So the split is now, yeah, of course it's more in favor of my wife. I wouldn't be able to live the life I live without her.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. And as the way you've invested changed as well.
1: Before my wife managed to sell her company, the way we invested was putting all our money into saving bank accounts, where it's very safe, but uh, the interest rate is always is never higher than two percent. Since my wife sold her company, we try to invest in much riskier type of investments. So, as I said earlier, we tend to invest a lot in startups. So we've invested in in more than 10 startups already. And we invest in stocks and shares via our ISA. So ISA is a way to invest in stocks in the UK and that allows you not to be too much taxed. Mm -hmm. So these type of investments are very risky because with startups, there's only 10% of all startups who manage to sell or to IPO. So this type of investment is very, very risky. You can end up with zero <laughs> Um, but gains can be very important too so our way of investing has very changed since then because before we couldn't risk the fact that we could lose any money but now we can afford to lose money so we're definitely investing more in riskier investments
0: mm-hmm. okay i see so, so let's talk about your side activity now. So in October 2020, you're about to welcome your second baby. But with the pandemic, you can't attend any scan and you're not even sure to be there when your wife delivers. That's super tough. You feel being left out and it's as if the dad has not an important role to play. So it feels pretty much outdated because of course you want to be involved and you start looking online to see if there's any available content for home birth and how men can actually be empowered in this life-changing experience. So what's your conclusion on that?
1: Yeah, so the only way to be absolutely certain that I could be there for the birth of my future little boy was to uh, have a home birth. And we were... Seeing on the news that more and more hospitals in the UK were starting to refuse access to the future fathers. So not only for the scans, but also for the birth of the baby, which is definitely something we wanted to avoid. I wanted to be there. It's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. So because of that, the when we were home birth, the partner has to be much more involved. Much more involved because there's only two midwives who can come to your home, so one for the mom and one for the baby, Um, and they usually come late in the delivery process, so they will wait for you to be nearly fully dilated before they come. So because of that, I had to read a lot of books and understand how partners can help their wife or their their lover, Um, and I realized that the role of the father is very very important. It's much more important than any medical staff. So yeah, I read a lot of books and we invested in a birthing pool.
0: From this statement, let's say, you created My Birthing pile to help partners being involved. So can you tell us a bit more about the concept?
1: So yes, when I read the books, I realized two things about uh, partners. The first one is that, as I said earlier, birth partners are much more important in a delivery room than any other medical staff. And the reason is very physical so for the birth to go well the future mom needs a hormone that's called the oxytocin and she needs this hormone in high quantity and this hormone is also called the hormone of love (laughs) so there is only one person in the delivery room who can give you the hormone of love it's your husband or your partner so the more love the woman will get the more oxytocin she will produce and then the more likely the birth can go uh, well The other thing is that there is very, very little material for men to understand how they can help their partner to give birth. I read a book which was written by a man and all the other books were written by women. And I think it's a shame because you want to be advised by men who have the same experience than you. So I why not creating an online platform where I will explain everything in only 17 videos and my 17 videos would be four minutes maximum each. So men really like when things are short and, and concise. So I thought this would be a really good format for men and they could watch videos whenever they have a, bit, a little bit of time. So. My burbing pad is not created, launched yet so I've created my instagram account and I've just ha- managed to have 1,000 followers so I'm very happy about it
0: <laughs> I've actually seen it yeah congrats <laughs> <laughs>
1: thank you but yeah I, I can really sense a really really strong interest in into it and I'm really looking forward to launch which should normally be all goes well in January 2022
0: so, so in the videos like what kind of subjects?
1: Um, so, it's all about how to help your partner raise her oxytocin level. So, it's using her five senses to boost her oxytocin level, how to breathe as well, how to help your partner have a better breath. And there's one which is very important as well, which is how to deal with the medical staff, because very often they will go straight to the woman who gives birth and annoy her with questions that the male partner can answer by himself and by asking her question they will take her out of her bubble and it will be very against uh, producing oxytocin so yeah I, there are loads of different subjects but i try to make them short and nice for for men to understand
0: okay that's cool yeah it's basically taking a bit of the mental charge as well yeah <laughs> cool so i always leave like few questions to open the subject at the end so do you consider yourself feminist
1: Yeah, I think feminist is a very hard word and is today very connoted. Like people, it's quite negative. Like I think the word feminist is negative, but I think that when you look at the meaning of feminist, I would definitely think that I am a feminist. I truly think that men and women should have equal chances in succeeding in life, which as we said earlier, it's definitely not the case today. I think, I think one of the reasons why like women are still behind men with leading jobs is that society still force women to take care of their newborn child when they give birth while men can keep progressing in their careers like they just take two weeks or now it's four weeks of paternity leave and then they go back to work and they just they can they yeah, go back to to have the, their successful careers.
0: And I agree, it starts from the start, because otherwise, if you're not really involved at the start, you always like feel behind, and, and then the woman takes the lead, you know better, you anticipate more, you're more proactive, and then the man is kind of uh, on the side.
1: Yeah, I think it shouldn't be an obvious choice when we think who should take care of the baby after the birth, it should be a real discussion between the man and the woman. And and then they should go with it rather than just be, yeah, you're the mom. So you just stay with the baby. (laughs) And yeah, I think I'm a feminist because with the fact that I was the one who took the lead with my daughter, I showed the way to other fathers. And I know a few fathers who now are the ones taking care of their baby as well. So it's definitely changing. And I'm happy to be one of the person who help things change.
0: Mm-hmm. And inspire that, as you said, like when you see, you actually can imagine yourself. So that's a good one. And what would be your one piece of advice for every new parent to be then?
1: <laughs> my one piece of advice would be to get ready for the big day by watching videos of my birthing pal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs>
1: no, jokes aside, I think my one piece of advice is to really trust yourself as a parent. So when you have your baby, there are loads and loads of people who will come and they will try to give you advices on how you should raise your kids, how to take care of them if they are sick, etc. And this has happened a lot with us because we, we have two kids who had to go to the hospital quite a few times. And this is really annoying because you know your kid, you know what's the best for them, but still you'll get loads of feedbacks from loads of different people. So my one piece of advice is to really trust yourself as a parent and only take advices from people when you ask for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. I I don't like, again, unsolicited comments.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's so annoying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's nearly like unpolite. It depends who it's coming from. But like, um, even sometimes strangers in the street, they're going to make you a comment. And you're like, do I know you?
1: (laughs) Sometimes just walk away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like it. So thank you so much, Pierre-Henri, for this discussion. I really enjoyed it. And I'm pleased to see that you're trying to change the old society's norm and behavior. And I like you being like a feminist and seeing your couple as two equal individuals. I could not agree more. So I'm really aligned. Well done on your initiatives. And definitely, please keep us posted on your launch, especially it's in three months. So all the best in between.
1: Thank you very much. And yeah, if you're interested to know more about my body pal, just follow me on Instagram and you'll know more about everything. But yeah, thanks thanks a lot for inviting me. I really enjoyed the podcast as well.
0: Thank you so much. Bye.
1: Bye.
0: So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.